Hey, what's up, everyone? All the people that are still here with me. Here we are, episode three. So for for this episode, I was kind of driven to do something a little different. Because by the time this episode comes out, which I'm aiming for the 11th of this month, uh, that was the day that my grandmother passed two years ago in 2020 when COVID first hit. And, you know, that's something that I've been battling with for a little bit, not even for a little bit, the whole time, just because at the time that she passed, uh, as we all know, you know, COVID was really a big thing and all the borders were closed so I didn't really get the chance to go to her service and even until now for those that don't know Canada's pretty strict to get into uh, if you're not vaccinated so you know I just been kind of playing the sidelines but even until now a lot of the things that I've learned and even applied from my childhood a lot of that came from her so as a kid it was um, my mother, my sister and my grandmother living with us well not with us they were uh, living at my mother's house in Montreal so my grandmother was always around when I was a kid and my mother's house was pretty much like the clubhouse you know a lot of people hung out there, but my grandmother was always welcoming. You know, she was somebody that was always cooking. She loved cooking. Uh, so that was one of the things that me and my brother definitely got spoiled with. Coming home for lunchtime, we get full Haitian meals. And you know, back then, we're not really seeing how valuable that is, you know, until now I'm older and I'm like, damn, I gotta cook up this whole meal. And it's taking up so much of my time but she would have that ready noon for us like to come home, eat, and go back to school. Clothes always pressed. You know, we were always fresh. Like she made sure that we kept the parents and we were well taken care of. But more importantly, I don't know what kind of relationship that she had with everyone, but I do know she did a great job at having individual relationships with all of the grandkids. Because my grandmother had a total of, let me count, seven kids, six girls, one boy. Let me see. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, six girls, one boy. And, you know, every one of her kids started having kids. But even then, she did an amazing job at having individual relationships with all of us. So, you know, having my grandmother in the house with us, that allowed me to really build a strong bond with her. Um, And she showed me a lot. She showed me a lot. She showed me a lot. Like, even my whole hustler's mentality, figuring out how to get it, that's something that really came from her. So as a kid in my mom's apartment in St. Leonard, Montreal, uh, so what my grandmother used to do, we lived in a neighborhood that uh, prominent 
I want to say Italians, I said this in the first episode, I believe, Italians, Jamaicans, like it was a good mix. So she used to have these big bins in the basement. And as a kid, I didn't, I didn't connect the dots. But pretty much what she used to do is she used to just go around the neighborhood and people would throw out appliances, old appliances, microwaves, blenders, um, coffee makers, whatever you could think of at the time. And she used to go out and collect it, collect all of it, come back to the house, have it in the basement piled up. Um, even some of the stuff that we owned, like if she noticed that me and my brother weren't using something, one day that thing went missing. Nobody knows where it went. But uh, what she used to do is pack these big bins up, just stuff all this stuff in it, stuff everything in it. And she'd be like, Marvin, she's called me Vivin. Vivin, like, come here, or Vivin Avenue. Um, and she would have me sit on the bins to, <laughs> to make sure that she could close it because these things were overflowing with product. So close them. And then some guy would just come pick it up in the pickup. And that was it. And she was just making shit shake that way. So years later, uh, I went to Haiti in 2014 or 15 for her birthday. So I decided to take a trip to Haiti, you know, just to see where she lives and just to be, to, to see that part of her. And once I got there and we're talking about what, you know, 15 20 years past you know and I started getting hip to game like this stuff would be going to Haiti and she would have runners moving this stuff you know a lot of it would be gifts too but she would have runners in Haiti moving the stuff and my grandmother passed she was over 100 years old but even in Haiti which was only a few years back so that would have put her at like 95 she was very sharp i've never seen somebody that sharp she could not read this woman could not read at all <laughs> she could not read she used to have fun like when i started learning english i still lived in montreal when i started learning english and she lived in anglais, and then she would say uh which would mean speak english and all she knew was shut up shut up and she had fun just saying that so it was what it was but um in haiti so you know it's my first time going i don't know how it works out there converting money and this and that like i'm losing money on my digicel because i'm putting money and nobody's telling me to add a data pack and within two minutes my my whole thing's done and i have to go re-up uh but she said she has sent me and my cousin Steve out to convert some money for her and while shit like you know we pull up downtown Port-au-Prince you know we, we had a guy pick us up on a dirt bike like it's, it's three big niggas on a dirt bike bruh like zinging around Port-au-Prince right and we get in the heart of the city which was beautiful like I, just to see so many black faces but definitely stuck out like a sore thumb 
the eyes were on you. Like they can tell you're not from around here. So we just running around and guy on the corner, yo, we need minutes. And he just boop, boop, you know, minutes on my phone. Like we hand him cash. He does whatever he does on his phone. My shit's loaded. Then we go to the other guy. Yo, we need to convert money. Convert money. Head back to my grandma crib, right? So my grandmother, mind you, this woman cannot read. She's counting the money. And she knows it's short. And it's not short like an outrageous amount or nothing, right? I don't even know the conversion off top to know how much money I should be getting back, how much money I gave. But she knew that the shit was short. And I want to say it was maybe like $5 in that currency. Something small. And she knew. And she knows she's getting a little frustrated. Like, man, I sent you guys out to convert money. You guys letting people play. And I'm looking at her like, yo, grandma, I don't know nothing about this, man. I hand the man money. He hand me back money. How am I supposed to know I'm off 30 cents? Like, this is crazy. But she was always on point when it came to her money and mind you this woman hasn't worked over 60 plus years but she would always have a way to finesse so the relationship i had with her a lot of the times i would just really let her talk just you know tell me your life story how she came up how she felt um, just talk like you know we'd be in the basement setting up her containers or I'd be at the crib with her we would just have conversations and I learned a lot I learned a lot about life very young and it was a lot of uh, like not direct it wasn't like you know the first sex talk type of conversations where it's very blatant. It was more so like little pieces of advice. And a lot of that stuff didn't hit until I got a little bit older. And with my grandmother, I felt, I feel still when she passed, I lost a person that unconditionally loved me right and that's not to say that I don't have people now because I still have my mother I still have my sister um my brother you know my stepdad like there's a lot of people that love me but one thing she would do is also talk to me about the people that didn't because she described me to me as somebody that would always want to help that would always want to be on people's good side that would always want to save face but she would hint to me like you know when people treat you like this when people treat you like that not naming names but letting me know what was what and that was the relationship that we had it was uh kind of like the mob boss and the underboss like hey marvin you know, handle this, this, and that, but just pay attention to this, this, and that. And I don't mean to be general about it, but I just don't want to ruffle feathers. Like, this this isn't going to be about bashing anyone or, or, or knowing truths about 
family secrets and nothing like that but it was more so the impact that she had on me as a person and that first trip to Haiti for one showed me a lot it showed me a lot like people that came to visit her uh, on her birthday she had an impact on people the, the impact that I saw that she had on me I see how she had it on others um, and sometimes it breaks my heart like when I see people that didn't treat her so well that it almost feels like I'm holding a grudge you know after she passed for me it was like hands off hands off like if anyone in the family ever put her in a predicament where she was uneasy or treated her unfairly or even the stuff she would come back and tell me about what people would do to me or say about me once she passed that was kind of what broke that chain I no longer felt like I had to save face or smile and a lot of this stuff you know she told me you kind of see it for yourself after she passed just for the simple fact that she wasn't there to soften the blow everything was kind of what it was and through that even right now i'm still learning how to detach from things things that hurt me people that hurt me people that don't truly love me but act like they do and that was something that she did as well where even if somebody would treat her bad, she would still show up for them. And seeing her be like that my whole life, it just felt like that was the right thing to do, right? But a year before she passed, she was at my mother's house in Brockton. And we were sitting in the, in, on the porch in the back. And she was just talking to me, like, you know, wholeheartedly about her experiences. And a lot of that stuff really broke my heart because you think so highly of people you love, right? And for me, my standard of love is there's it, it no limitation. It could be my last dollar and I'm starving to death and I haven't drank water in five months. It doesn't matter. You're going to get that dollar out of me just because I understand that if you're asking me, or at least I understood that if you're asking me, I have more, right? But sometimes people just really take. <laughs> That's just their character. Like they just take. They don't fill you up they don't fill your cup they just drain you and take 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 and then when they can't take no more they just kind of disappear you know and I just wish that I could have been there more I really just wish that I could have been there more I was there as much as I could you know because I was traveling a lot I was by the time she was in the U.S. I was already out of Boston living in Florida so but that that last conversation that heart to heart really shed light into even the things that I need to do and how I need to carry myself and 
just thinking of different ways to just keeping people together because her whole life she tried she really tried to keep all of us together all of us she had nicknames literally for all of us like all the grandkids had nicknames and you know for a woman that's 90 years old that's impressive <laughs> i don't i don't know if it's just me but i i thought that was really impressive and one of the things that that really kind of fucked me up in the whole thing is that she never she she'll never get to meet my kids but she's met a lot of her great grandchildren too but she'll never have the chance to meet my kids and that adds a lot of pressure on me you know because there's still a lot of stuff that I want to accomplish for sure like my goals list gets bigger by the goal and now it's like an added pressure like I, I got to experience the life of my grandmother now I have my mother that's getting older and it's like shit okay I gotta really focus and lock in I can't I can't be around here bullshitting because the times that I'm not spending on my goals I should be spending with my family and that was probably my biggest lesson in her passing is no matter how hard you can fight to keep a family together, sometimes people really just don't love you. The love that I got from her almost, to me, is like the prime example of how I should treat others, right? And, you know, not to be sad, like I don't, I don't want to carry on this whole thing, but uh, overall, this woman was really, really special. Like she was a fighter, a fighter. You know, we're talking 98. Yo, grandma, let me do the dishes. No, I got to get my exercise. That's how she was. I got to get my exercise. It's like, man, you're struggling to wash this pot. And then I'm going to have to come wash it after you because it's not, you know, the cleanest. You know, you're 98. But I would just let her do her because she felt like she would need it. She would do the dishes, then go take her nap. And she was back up, drink her Ensure cans, you know. Speaking to Ensure, she's been drinking Ensure, Ensure, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'll say Ensure, I guess, for as long as I could remember. Because what she used to do is hide the cans. <laughs> she used to hide the, the boxes. She used to keep them under her bed when I was a kid, right? So that was like our secret little thing. She'll be like, yo, go under the bed and go, you know, go get your can. And... Yeah, I'll go get my my insure. Sometimes it'd be the the sports shake. I think that's the brand. It's the blue can, and she would have a stash cold ready for me, and I would just run in her room and then kill my can and come back out. Like nothing happened, you know. But that was just our thing, and there was a lot of those little things that she always found a way to show love. She always found a way to show love. If you're thinking about a grandmother that slides you that. $50 bill on the low, that $100 bill, that was her. Vivina, come, like, come here, you know, go in her room, slip me a hundred. Hey, it's not much, but you know what to do. And it was always like, ah, I got to flip this into 200. I got to flip this to 300 because that's what she would do. Um, and she always had a stash. She always had a stash, you know. With all those kids, it's 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 just amazing to me to know that this woman didn't work for 60 plus years but she was still able to navigate and do what she had to do 
So I really just wanted to take time to really speak about her. I don't want to ramble on too much, but uh, her passing was July 11th of 2020. And it's coming up and I, and I just find myself becoming really distant to things that no longer play a part in my life. Uh, things that that I feel kind of used my kindness as a weakness. And that's probably one of the toughest lessons I had to learn for myself just because I'm gullible too you know if you come at me with a smile and positive energy I just trust you off rip but sometimes those are the people you kind of have to look out for a lot of the times those are the people you have to look out for some of the behaviors even I've seen after her passing just kind of it's a turn off it's a turn off and it made me really seclude myself away from a lot of the things and a lot of the people I knew just because you really have one shot you really have one shot she made it over a hundred years right and people would stress her out people would treat her bad like she would vent to me no lie she would she would definitely vent to me about a lot of the stuff that was going on but her thing to me was always like, you know, it's not for you to carry. It's not for you to carry. Like she made sure, like, I don't want you to not like this person or that person because it's not for you to carry. But definitely watch out for these people. Watch out for these people. Watch out for these kind of people, you know? So the advice was always there. But I did my best to not carry that and to just look past it. But after a while, you know, Shit kind of hit the fan. Shit really hits the fan. And I'm doing my best. Really, I'm doing my best. Because again, you know, I still have a strong base and a strong foundation supporting me. But it's just, you know, you lose that part of you that's been there for so long. Showing you the ropes. Like a lot of my first things, that's who it was. I remember having the concussion my first time trying to ice skate. And to be honest, till this day, I don't even know how I got home. I don't even know who to ask, to be honest. But I went to go ice skate. And I don't know if y'all ever ice skated before. But if both of your feet are planted on the ice and they slide up, there's no braking system. So there's no, like, you just kind of have to catch yourself, right? Because you're going to fall. And I just landed on my head on the ice. And that was it. That was my experience. Never been on ice skate since. But I was on the ice for about five seconds. You know, still one of my proudest moments. But I woke up in her room crying. And I couldn't even cry. It was like a cry where you open your eyes and your head hurts so much that you just got to let the tears fall and hope that you go back to sleep because this shit is crazy. But, you know, that was the person that was there for me. Like, I remember waking up and that's that's who was taking care of me. And it wasn't always sweet either. 
it wasn't always sweet, man. She 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 definitely was a <laughs> was a soldier in a way. I remember uh I can't even remember how old I was, but I was really young. Super Nintendo times. If we could go back, I don't remember when that shit dropped, but we had a Super Nintendo at the crib and my cousins were over. And it wasn't even I didn't do nothing. We were playing and one of my cousins hit the controller and it hit the floor. And she came in, you know, Haitian, yelling, you know, all the noise and this and that. Even though I know I didn't throw the controller down, I remember saying something slick to her. I, I still don't remember what I said, to be honest. Like, I got up and said something slick to her. And she grabbed me by my neck, right? And had me against the wall, grabbed me by my neck and looked at me in my eyes. And that's it. She didn't say a word. She looked at me dead in my eyes. When I tell you I had a migraine for two days after that, kid you not my nephew's baptism was i want to say that weekend or the next day i stayed in bed the whole time because my migraine was crazy and i was like yo this woman actually choked me out like that shit was kind of crazy that that was intense um and it's not even the first time i got checked like that side side story uh this is actually (laughs) how i learned to mind my fucking business man i was a kid in elementary school alphonse present that was the name of the school and we were at recess and i seen i knew i know there was a couple a boy and this girl but everybody knew they were together but during recess i saw her over the fence hugging up on another dude now i don't know who the fuck this dude is so i thought the right thing to do is just go back yo i seen your girl such and such that man punched me dead in my shit bro <laughs> dead in my shit yo dead in my shit and told me nobody asked you that was the craziest shit <laughs> bro i'm coming here to tell you that i seen your girl and you just gonna punch me in my shit. And I just never ever jumped in nobody's business after that. I don't jump in people's business. I stay out the way. If shit get crazy, I'm out of there because it's none of my business. <laughs> and that was one of the things that my grandmother used to always warn me about. Like, yo, you can't be too nosy. You can't be too nosy. Cause that's who I was as a kid. I was wanting to know everything that was going on here, there, all the information. Just, just, I just loved information. Um, but that definitely changed that trajectory in my life. Like, yo, sometimes you definitely gotta mind your damn business, bruh. And, you know, those are lessons that I carry with me forever. Forever and ever. Like, that's just part of life, of my life almost. Part of my DNA. Let me see. You know what I noticed? Even though she couldn't read, she always had a magazine that she was looking through. She was always looking through a magazine, looking at pictures, looking at pictures, and she would spend hours just sewing. Doesn't matter what, a dress, nothing, just fabric, just sewing all day, sewing all day, that was the thing. She used to have me thread the the, the string through the needle 
you know. I would just thread the colors through the needle for her. And we would just sit there and talk. And when I say for hours, she would do that shit for hours. Just sit there. Um, another thing that she liked doing was counting red cars. I never understood that. Where we live in Montreal, we lived on a boulevard, so, and her window faced the street. But it was relatively busy. It wasn't the busiest, but she was just in the dark. Like, you know, so people out there couldn't really see her, but she would just sit there through the blinds and count how many red cars drove by. That has to mean something. I, kn- I know it's going to mean something. I'll probably double back on this later in life and be like, ah, that's what it was. But she would just count them. And then I'd be there. How many How many you count? 20? Okay. Yeah, I got 20. I still don't get it, but that was just something that we did. <laughs> and honestly, I kind of wish I asked, like, Grandma, why, why do you always count these red cars every day? What is it about red cars? Yeah, I never understood that. But one of my great childhood pastimes, I'd say. But overall, like, my relationship with her was definitely something that I cherish forever. Like, forever. Um, I still I still owe her that great visit. I'll just have to thug it out in quarantine. And I'll just have to take the time off. That much time off, of course. Just to, I don't want to break no laws or nothing, but... I have to I have to pay that respect. And I never really wanted nothing from my grandmother. That was the beauty in our relationship. I never really asked for nothing. I try to do more than ask or take. Just cause and this might be silly. This 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 happened when I was a kid as well. My cousin Boom had broke his leg. So Boom lived with us too at the time my mom was in Boston already so at this time it was my grandmother my cousin Boom my sister my brother in the in that crib and Boom broke his leg and she had to go to the market she would always go to the market half the time she would come back with nothing but she would always go to the market and she wanted to go but my older cousin pick, was picking us up to go hang out at my other cousin's crib. And you know, when you're a kid and you go into the cousin's crib, especially the cousin that got the video games and the toys, it's a lit situation. So my grandmother's like, yo, can you stay with Boom for a while while I go shop and I'll bring you? And I was like, nah, like, what? I'm trying to go play, man. Like, this is crazy. I ain't trying to sit around the house. And I left. But I, as I'm leaving, I'm watching her watch us leave, you know, through her room window. And that guilt never left me to this day, man. To this day. <laughs> to this day. I'm, I'm 32 years old. And I was maybe eight if that, that shit that guilt never left me, man. That that shit, I still feel guilty about. I'm like, damn, I should have stayed for grandma and just let her go to the market. I knew I wasn't going to end up in my cousin's crib that weekend. Only my brother was going to go. She wasn't going to bring me. But I should have just done it. I should have just done it, you know. Um, but that's just a funny story that I kind of keep to myself. But now y'all know. But that experience just... 
having her being a second in command in the house definitely made a difference because at least to me her opinion was always valid and she could talk she could really talk and she could talk about anything she knew a lot but it was really her story and upbringing that that interested me a lot and those are the questions I wished that I asked more she would tell me about her as a teenager she would tell me about how she had a job at 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 the school she was so close with people in the neighborhood like just to get her kids through you feel me like that's that's again I, I don't know What's another word for impressive? We're talking about living in a third world country, raising seven kids and one crib. And mind you, I went to Haiti to see the cribs that we're talking about here. It's not like they were living in four or five bedrooms. Nah, these fans, they were cooped up. Cooped up in these little cribs, man, that weren't even finished. Like, and she did that, like, you know, that deserves some kind of award, a spirit award at least. Like, shit, you're raising seven kids in this little crib and you're doing everything to keep them in school. You're doing what you gotta do. Even though, like them coming to the US and the Canada, not all the circumstances were perfect. It wasn't all perfect, you know, but she made it happen for all of them. Meaning literally today, all of her kids are either in the U.S. or in Canada doing all right for themselves. And that's just impressive. They all have their own families. They all got their own spots. That's impressive. And it almost feels like not enough respect was given to that woman. Because I went to Haiti. I saw it with my own eyes. I literally had to go in the well in the yard to shower. There was no running water in the crib. There was no running water in the crib. There was the the well in the front that had the bucket. We would send the bucket down, pull the bucket up, let that shit sit under the sun to warm up a little bit. And you got a bucket to shower, man. You better make it quick better make it quick <laughs> no running water like that shit was crazy I did not shit for like what the first three days when I was in Haiti just because I refused to you know for one it wasn't like there was a door closing the bathroom <laughs> you feel me like that that shit was crazy to me and you would just have to kind of same thing bucket and when you pour the bucket in the toilet it's gonna flush so little tricks but I, I literally spent three days like yo ain't no way I'm taking the shit that's just not gonna happen and the thing about that for anybody that's never been to or gone through an experience like this you can hold it but the first time you go you're not holding it after you feel me so I went to this restaurant with uh, my mom and a couple of her friends and it was a high-end restaurant. I'm like, shit, they got a clean bathroom. And this is probably like day four. I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta let, the, I can't go out here eating. Like, I gotta go use the bathroom. And I had to go use the bathroom. I used the bathroom. And you know, now we back, we back at my grandmother's spot. 
and it's like shit next day i'm like i gotta use the bathroom but it's not being friendly this time it's not it ain't no i'm about to hold this for three days again so now in the backyard there was this big hole in the ground that was covered up and you just had to go do what you had to do (laughs) no matter what so i would just wake up four in the morning while everybody was asleep and just go out in the back in the ditch take care of my business because ain't no way I'm about to sit here waiting well water <laughs> like come on son. I gotta go that shit is hilarious but it was a great experience man like it was a great experience another fun experience there mind you Haiti's not fucking 60 degrees out there so I'm hot like I'm not used to this man I lived in Montreal, like Brockton, where we have blizzards and shit. And the summers could be hot, yeah. But I'm not used to no 90, regular, it rains, it stops, it rains, it stops, and it's so humid, it's disgusting. So we have the living room, and we all put beds out. It's me, my mother, and she had taken in two kids that just lived at the crib, helped her out. And... And they all get on the bed, right? Like on their own designated beds. But I notice everybody's cocooned up. Like covered head to toe, wrapped up in their sheet. And I'm like, yo, there is no fucking way. I'm not doing it. It's impossible. It's 90. I can't breathe. There's no way. I need to fill the minimal amount of air that I can get. Yo, my back looked like a hundred dominoes the next day from what the mosquitoes did to my ass, man. Them shits are vicious and they're not just, I don't care what nobody says. They're really small to the point that I didn't really see them, but I could hear them. I know they had a presence. Like they zing by your ear, that shit felt like an attack on its own. But they did a number on me. <laughs> they did a number on me. You know, my mom, you know, I told you so. And I'm like, damn, like, you should have told me what it was. You know, there's no offspray fighting these demons off, yo. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. You're not bringing no American product. It's not going to work. These guys are looking for blood. And that was a wild experience. Like, my back was just demolished. <laughs> That's it. But nonetheless, it was definitely one of the great experiences. And she was always down. My grandmother, that's another thing. She was always down. Always. It didn't matter. Like, for her age, to me, it was kind of nerve-wracking. Because we went to this waterfall called Sodo. And I can't remember how long that commute was. But it was it was a bit of a drive. It was a bit of a drive from her crib. And we're walking up this hill. And it's not even a hill. Like, we park, and we got to walk up all these stairs and just to get to the actual waterfall. And, you know, the rocks are slippery. I don't know if you guys ever been to one of these big waterfalls with the rocks. And the rocks are so perfectly shaped under the water. 
them shits are dangerous, man. Like slip and fall, no problem. Say goodbye. And I can't swim. So I'm looking at the waterfall on top of me, the river going by, and I'm looking at the other waterfall that's going into the ocean. So you already know my heart is beating fast. My grandmother's like, I want to go. Nah, that was the first time I had to be like, yeah, grandma, you're going to have to sit this one out. Because for one, I would be expecting you to save me. I don't know how to swim in these waters, these vicious. So that was another experience that I had with her that I'm glad we shared. It was her, my mother. Um, we went to this waterfall just to kind of have fun. Haiti had me hopping fences with my cousin and shit. Mind you, I'm a big dude. Like, I, I don't... We're talking 280 pounds, bruh. Climbing walls to take shortcuts. Like, my cousin had me running through Port-au-Prince doing shit that I didn't even know I could do. And we're talking like, yo, let's go to Auntie's crib. How far Auntie crib? Oh, it's like 30-minute walk. I'm like, ah, right, let's go. But it's not a 30-minute walk. It's a 30-minute climbing, hopping fences, hopping walls, digging under this. It's a mission. And I'm like, yo, can we just go the regular way? Nah, that's going to take an hour. I'm like, damn, I fucked up. And it's hot. We just walking through Haiti. Hot. Hot as fuck, man. Like, And they cool with this. There was nothing I could have done to prepare. Mind you, I'm flexing with these back then, the polo, the flat polo shoes. And that was, man, I was unprepared. I was unprepared, to say the least. But that, that was still probably one of the best memories I have with my grandma. Like, I wish every one of her grandkids got to go to Haiti and spend that time with her. Because, shit, what it gave me was a lot of understanding. It gave me a lot of understanding to know how to navigate with the family, you know? She put in work. I don't give a fuck. Like, if anybody in this family feels otherwise, you can come see me about it. That woman put in work for decades on decades on decades to make sure everybody was straight. Even when they did her dirty, it didn't matter. Chin up. Like, she, she was just a soldier. And it wasn't like a... Now I was sad. I'm not going to say it wasn't sad. But I also had an understanding that she lived a long life. She lived a long life. She traveled. I wish she had finished her house before she passed. That would have been nice. But she did a lot of work. She put in a lot of work in that crib. And that's another thing I'm glad I got to go see. Like I gla I'm glad I, had, I got to go experience her crib with her. Like, I know my, in Canada, grandma. I know my, in the U.S. grandma, relying on her kids and grandkids. But I got to see my Haiti grandma that was calling the shots. Calling the shots, man. Shit, shit was getting done. But my hate, man. You know what I found out when I, when I went there? I don't know if it's still like that. But a lot of the country was getting free electricity. And from my understanding, the way the law worked was if the house wasn't complete, you didn't really have to pay for electricity. 
but you don't get electricity all day. So some days we'd wake up, 8 a.m., TV come on. And you're watching TV, and 2 p.m., the shit cut off. It just cut off. Electricity's gone. We had to find this generator, because the day of her birthday, we didn't want to not do something. So a few people came through, and we had to get a generator. Mind you, man, like, seeing poverty, even in my own family, like that, that shit kind of fucked me up. Like, it was like, yo, this is really where I come from. But uh, one of the neighbors brought this generator, man. Old generator. We're talking old gas. You got to pull the string to get that shit to run. And when that shit started running, it was so fucking loud. <laughs> it was so loud, bro. Like, it overpowered the whole block. I don't care what anybody was doing that day. It was just a loud engine roaring through the block. But we just <laughs> we just turned up anyway. Shit, turn the music louder, yo. Fuck that. And we just had a ball, you know, and she was just chilling there, got her little outfit. Um and we just had had fun. It wasn't much, but we got the chance to celebrate her. And, that, and that's one of my happiest moments, to be completely honest. One of my happiest moments because I felt like it was just so selfless. It was like, yo, grandma, I'm here for you. Like, I don't know shit about Haiti. I don't know nothing about what's going on out here, but I know it's your birthday and we just going to be here together, you know. And that was an amazing trip. I want to go back, but you guys, as you know, there's, there's a lot going on in Haiti. I might still pop up. You know, I just feel like I like like I, I'm like that, you know? All this talk about kidnapping and this and that. I'm like, nah, not me. I'ma go to Haiti, come back. No problem, untouched. But that's how I'm feeling. Maybe I'm just talking shit. Who knows? But I gotta I gotta pay that respect. I gotta take a trip to Canada first just to pay that respect. And I'm definitely grateful that she is buried in Canada as opposed to Haiti because that would be a whole nother mission but that woman definitely sculpted a big part of the person you guys know a big part and this is not to discredit anybody else either because I don't want I don't want like my mom and my sister to feel like I feel like my grandma did everything because that's not the case. But she did a lot. She did a lot. She taught me a lot about humility and just keeping your head down. Because some fights are just not worth it. You're not going to win. You know? And that's how she was. Like, she picked her battles. She picked her battles. She always knew what was going on, but she picked her battles. She was choosy. You know, we have so many kids, so many opinions. You kind of have to play seven sides here. But she did what she could. She did what she could. Definitely did what she could. One of the biggest influences of my life to this day. I'm still trying to figure out how and all the stuff that I'm creating, how I could pay my respect to her too. 
because sometimes things will happen in my day-to-day life and I'm like, damn, that's definitely her, you know? Just because of our relationship, it's like, yeah, that's definitely grandma looking out. Grandma looking out for me. Even after she passes, she's still looking out for the kid. And I feel forever grateful for that. And I hope that some of my family members share the same sentiments that I have, because how, how can you feel otherwise, you know? That woman was gangster. Gangster. She got it done. So for those of you out there, you know, if you got your grandmother still around and you don't have a relationship with her, that's just heartbreaking. I don't think there's another relationship that matches that. There's a mother's love. And the mother's love, that's top tier. But a grandmother's love, shit. That's godly, you know? That's 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 beyond the scope of human understanding. They make shit shake for real. Like a grandmother's definitely the GOAT. Greatest of all times. That title, to be a grandmother. You know, like as a grandson, I hope that I allowed her to feel like the best grandmother in the world. Especially not knowing my father's side. I didn't really know like my grandparents on that side. I met my grandfather on that side once. But that was about it. We didn't really have a relationship. But grandma holds it down. Holds it down. If you have a grandma in your life, really cherish that. Spend that time. Ask those questions. Learn about where you come from, you know? Because now that she's gone, there's a lot of questions that I wish I could have asked. Even just to get a better understanding or to even continue to build the family tree to see how far back I can go. But definitely take care of your grandmothers, man. Take care of them. The same way they took care of y'all. That's the... That's the least we can do so thank you guys again for listening this was definitely therapeutic for sure i'm gonna catch you guys on the next episode i'm not sure what we're gonna discuss then it'll come to me it'll come to me for sure but as always you guys can follow me everywhere monts m-o-n-t-s real R-E-A-L, M-O-N-T-S, R-E-A-L. That's on every social platform, Twitter, uh, Instagram. And that's my email as well, montsrail at gmail. So, you know, give me a shout out. Send me a message. Let me know how y'all doing out there. If you guys want me to touch up on anything, I'm open. Now I want to continue to grow this. So, once again, ready to talk, episode three. Thank y'all for tuning in. I'll see y'all next episode. Daddy, mon nom va dire. Et puis, la même, ou enregistrer mon nom.
ou est-ce que c'est bien Vous ne pouvez pas vivre avec un monde sans temps. Vous ne pouvez pas connaître, non Je ne tout le monde. Moi-même, si je suis un monde qui était savé, je ne suis pas non seulement je capable d'écrire, je ne suis mon cher. Parce que quand des gens qui sont condamnés, ils ne font rien. Écoute l'anglais au bali. Les savants, même si nous sommes savants qui étaient conservés, nous finissons avec le téléphone. L'empoil qu'on s'appelle fait, je vais me chita, je vais balancer, je vais prendre pèse, ça me détend dans le bouchon. Je prends pèse, ça me détend dans le bouchon de télévision. Mon cher, ou te connu tes chefs, pas plus mal, parce que moi-même. C'est vrai. C'est comme ça que je fais jugement. Il y a des gens qui ont fait un jugement. Oh, oh. Les gens qui ont fait un jugement, ils ont fait un jugement. Oh, les gens qui ont fait un jugement, ils la pompe est bébé, c'est vous qui faites. Et pourtant, non. Et là où je n'ai pas bon juge, au lieu de condamner les gens qui ont fait le coup ces chaises-là ont condamné. Et tu as vu ça Il y a des gens qui ne font pas de jugement, pas pas en bail, il fait qu'obli, mais on s'y en l'air. Oui, ça c'est bon, j'ai dit bien qu'il va faire jugement. Il va faire un bon justice quand même. Justice bon, il va faire un bon. Il va faire un bon. Aïe. Il va faire un bon. 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 Il va Abaye Bon Dieu, je connais tant. Je vais vous demander à Bélal faire. 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 Je vais vous demander à Bélal faire.